and welcome into Studio C here in the basement of the MU Student Center. And you are listening to KCOU Sports, specifically K&C Sports. I'm your host, Kyle Jones. I'm joined by my good friend, Cole Tusing. Cole, are you ready for a great show today? I'm ready. All right. Good. Well, let's get started. First off, as usual... We are going to run down the basic plan of what we're going to be talking to you all about. The uh, The All-Star Game just happened last weekend, so uh, Cole and I are going to be talking about a little bit of All-Star Game action. Of course, the Olympics are still going on over in South Korea, so we'll be talking about the Winter Olympics, uh, specifically how you know how things are playing out for the United States, for other nations, uh, etc. Spring training has officially started. Baseball is back. Um, the first couple of games, first couple of big spring training games will actually take place um, on Friday. So we'll be talking about that. And then uh, Mizzou lost a tough one against the Ole Miss Rebels last night. We'll be talking a little bit about that. And also, the Mizzou women are playing the Vanderbilt Commodores and some women's basketball action down at Mizzou Arena tomorrow night. And so we'll be talking a little about that. Anyway, that is the show that we have for you all today. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get things started. You're listening to KNC Sports on KCOU. Today's episode, Rattlesnake at the Pond. Oh no, a rattlesnake! Sassy, help! <coughs> you will, but first you want to talk about shelter pets? <coughs> the majority of pets in shelters are there due to owner-related issues like divorce or allergies? Save us, Sassy! <coughs> what, Sassy? You wish you were videotaping this? Sassy! Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt! Hello, car of teenagers. If you don't mind, I'm only going to broadcast this out of the speaker on the passenger side so we can talk in private. Okay, now that we're alone, what's with your friend's driving? Is he always this reckless? You should say something, something witty. Uh, make a joke about the airbag or something. Hearses are funny, too. You could make a joke about hearses. Uh, driver, just so you know, we're totally not talking about you. He suspects nothing. Brought to you by the Ad Council and SpeakUpOrElse.com. Welcome to today's lottery drawing. And today's winning numbers are not yours, not yours, and another number that's not yours. And the final number is not yours. When it comes to having money, don't rely on luck. Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering it. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Welcome to Move Time Radio, presented by the Arthritis Foundation, where we say stop whatever you're doing, baby, and dance. Because movement is just one of the ways you can fight osteoarthritis pain. For more information, visit fightarthritispain.org. This message brought to you by the Arthritis Foundation and the Ad Council. And welcome back here in Studio C at the basement of the MU Student Center live on KCOU Sports. You're listening to KNC Sports. My name is Kyle Jones, and I'm joined once again by Cole Tusing. Cole, the NBA All-Star Game happened. 
and has happened over this weekend. And uh, some cool things came out of it. We had a cool dunk contest, some skills contests, three-point contests, and, of course, the game itself. So uh, tell me about the results of the NBA All-Star game. Sure. So first of all, the NBA Skills Challenge, uh, I picked my Chicago Bulls fan, uh, Laurie Markkinen, and he went to the final but could not get past Spencer Dinwiddie, and so that was a bust. Then the dunk contest, Doff and Mitchell busted out with some sick dunks, but Larry Nance Jr., my pick, busted out the Larry Nance tribute wearing the old Cleveland Cavaliers uniform in honor of his dad. Three-point contest, Devin Booker broke NBA history with 28 on the final round, giving him the championship. And some last-second clutchness by Team LeBron gave the team the win. And overall, it was a great All-Star weekend, I thought. I'd say it was a great All-Star weekend, aside from, of course, uh, Fergie singing the national anthem. Um... I'll never be able to erase that from my ears. Fergie, I know you're not listening, but if you were, I'd like to say, what the heck? I, I, I can't recover from that, so take that as you will. But uh, just a smi- for me, I was just a, a smidge bit uh, disappointed in the fact that uh, my boy Eric Gordon did not win the three-point contest. Um, likewise, I had a really good laugh at Paul George just just hurling bricks in his run at the three-point contest. Yeah, absolutely. Paul George, I honestly did not expect him to get in the three-point contest at all. Like, he's a great shooter, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like there's a lot of great players that could have replaced him. We all know Steph Curry said he was not going to participate in the three-point contest, but I thought a guy like Kyrie Irving, who has been in the three-point contest the past three years, has more tr- candidate than Paul George. Well, yeah, I mean, all all in all, um, Devin Booker won it, and he, he is a very good basketball player. He uh, is very good at three-point shooting. He showed that. Um, this was a new format for the out, for the All-Star game this year. Did you like the you know what they did to it? I did, absolutely, because if you look at, well, one, the game came down to the wire, which has never happened in the past. The West always puts up, like, 190 to like 140 so that was definitely a big change that i like to see and overall i thought it was a lot better because one at the end of the game the teams were actually playing defense and in the last three minutes of the game team curry was actually calling plays in the all-star game which is like has never happened before so overall good weekend uh it really worked out well i think for all involved um of course the all-star game kind of marks that sort of midway point in the season so uh, since we're crossing that midway line, uh, what do you expect to happen in the second half of this NBA season? The second half. So I expect the Houston Rockets to hold on to that one seed in the playoffs. I'm sure you would like to comment on that. Um, I mean, I love my Rockets. I think it'd be great if they held on to that one seed. But I think that the Warriors, despite you know what has happened, uh, you know. In the first half of the season, Houston teams have a habit of choking out big leads. So um, they they might be flying high right now, but the Rockets are going to screw up at some point and drop about maybe just to the number two seed. And I think the East, I would like to think the Raptors would contain it, but I think the Celtics are going to come back on top. I think the Celtics have a good chance to come back up on top. Though I do think the Raptors 
have just as much of a chance of retaining that top spot. They're a very underrated team. Not a lot of people talk about them. But they have good players. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, super good player. They have the talent. Um, of course, Boston is a another great team. And that, you know, it's, it's great to finally see now that the Cavs are falling off this season. It's good to see some competition in the Eastern Conference. Just like it's great to see teams like uh, teams like the Rockets rising up to try to face the Warriors and try to beat the Warriors. So, uh... It's good to it's good to have an even ish NBA season this year. We're gonna take another short little break. When we come back, we're gonna be uh talking about the Olympics. So stay tuned. For almost two centuries, Americans have enjoyed the valuable privileges of freedom. Now freedom needs each American to dedicate himself to its preservation. We must not allow our liberties to be endangered by neglect of our duties as citizens. During this year of rededication, join with your fellow Americans in reaffirming the principles on which this country is founded and the safeguarding of those principles. Make it your business to see that federal, state, and local governments are conducted honestly. Help to maintain the good morale of your sons and daughters in the armed forces. Learn the facts about all candidates and issues. Then, vote for the one you believe in. Make the most of every minute on your job. Produce as much as you can, and thus increase our military and economic strength. Work for better schools and a better community. Guard your American heritage of freedom. It needs you. Happy birthday, dear Smokey. Happy birthday, Smokey Bear. The great outdoors and everyone in it thanks you for 70 years of wildfire prevention. For safety tips, visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state foresters, and the Act Council. And welcome back into Studio C in the basement of the AMU Student Center. You are listening to K and C Sports. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing and Cole. Over on the other side of the world in the country of South Korea, specifically in the city of Pyeongchang, there are some Winter Olympic Games occurring. Would you like to tell everybody about what's going on in the Olympic Games? Sure. So, so far, Norway is leading the pack with the most medals with 33. Then you got Germany with 24. Then Canada with 21. If you remember last week, if I'm not mistaken, the U.S. was third place. So they seem to be dropping off a bit, dropping down to fifth place with 16 medals. That's right. And uh, a little, not not too surprising, actually. Um, when you think about what sports the United States is usually dominant in and uh, what's been happening recently, um, usually the Americans are pretty dominant in downhill, uh, downhill skiing, you know, in the alpine skiing section. That's where you have people like Lindsey Vaughn who, and, uh, what everyone thought, uh, Michaela Schifrin would be, uh, would be a big power player in these Olympics. Um, and that hasn't happened per se. They've won medals. Uh, Michaela Schifrin did get a gold. I believe she got two. Um... But Lindsey Vaughn placed silver in what she's describing as her final Olympic race. That was uh, last night in the uh, ladies' downhill, uh, an event that Italy wound up getting the gold medal in. Italy has uh, three gold medals these Olympics, so not too bad. But uh, then you look at, say, hockey, where um, we got knocked out. The United States got knocked out in the quarterfinals in a shootout 
against Slovakia. Something that if you told me, uh, you know, in the Sochi games or in the Vancouver games would happen, I would have called you crazy because, like, I, I, I guess I had to blame this on the NHL, which is dumb because the Olympics are supposed to be about amateurism. NHL players are professional hockey players, so I guess technically, you know, in the spirit of the Olympic Games, they shouldn't be there. But it sure as heck makes hockey a whole lot more fun to watch when they're there. And plus, look at professionals. I'm like, think of a guy like Sean White, who is like exactly. an absolute god. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people on these. You know, to say that to say that the Olympics is about amateurism is kind of mis- kind of misleading when you have guys like Sean White going in there, or in the summer you have guys like Michael Phelps who is like, oh yeah, man, it's like our fifth Olympics. We won like twenty five medals between us. Like you know, you're no longer an amateur when you've when you've won that many times. When you're you know, like yeah, okay, you're not getting paid to play in some sort of league, but you've obviously got a hand. On uh, you you get you definitely got you've got one over on the you know eighteen year old kid from Jamaica, who uh worked you know worked his tail off day in and day out just to be there, and then you go home, and you have your you know multi million dollar training facility that you you know work in, and the you know, the United States is sponsoring your training and your, you know your diet plan and everything, that that poor Jamaican kid has no chance. You know, I, 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 I bring Jamaica up because of the Jamaican bobsled team and cool runnings. You know, I felt it was appropriate. We actually have a, a, a finally, and this is really cool. I don't know if you knew this. So um, women's bobsleigh is kind of happening soon. I believe they're on, they're on calendar for uh, either tonight or um, a little bit later on. Um, but they uh, finally, after, you know, okay, it was, it was, um, it was last night. Last night they had the women's bobsleigh run, and um, for the first time in the history of these of the Olympics, we had a Nigerian bobsled team, which is super cool. They finished last, so that kind of stinks. But uh, the fact that they were there is big enough, you know. Um, and do you know where they train? I do not know. They train in the great city of Houston, Texas. Where they train, I have no idea. I've lived in Houston all my life. I have no idea where the heck a bobsleigh track would be. I don't know where you'd put it. I want to go because it sounds really cool to go bobsleighing, but uh, I have no clue where it is. But anyway, um, moral of the story, the United States is getting their, you know, they're just getting kicked by the Canadians, the Germans, and the Norwegians. Um, but there's still quite a few more events to go. Uh, When we come back from this next little break, we're going to be talking about baseball. So stick around for some baseball. Hey, Joey. I got some stuff you just got to try. What is it? Pot. You know, marijuana. Oh, well, I don't know. What, chicken? Joey's in a jam. What should he do? Uh, cake. Get a pizza. Excellent. Get a pizza. Get real. You got it. Let's see if Joey's that smart. Uh, I'm not chicken. You're a turkey. He's right. Drug dealers are dorks. Don't even talk to them. Cowabunga! What makes a rainbow bend? Where does the universe end? To know the world from A to Z. Where is the dinosaur? What's on the ocean floor? To know the 
the world from A to Z. Astronomy, biology, chemistry, zoology, science and technology. It's fun, you'll see. Public service message from the National Science Foundation. Hi, but not too high. This is George Carlin. I'm sitting here. I have on a yellow hat, a pink shirt, dark sunglasses, and an earring in my ear. And I'm going to tell you not to get into heavy drugs. Well, it sounds bizarre, I know, but there are other things to do with your life, other things to help you make it. Heavy drugs make it all worse, and they help you die. And welcome back to KNC Sports on KCOU 88.1 FM online at KCOU.FM. M and Cole, something wonderful is brewing in Florida and in Arizona. Do you know what it is? It is MLB spring training. Yes, it is. The uh, the players have been reporting back, and they've been getting back to work. And soon, very, very soon, just about a month or so away, maybe about a month and a half, we're going to have baseball gracing our televisions once again. So, um, games, spring training games start on Friday. I know, uh, I know for a fact that the Astros are playing the Nationals in their first game. Um, I couldn't name anyone, anything else off the top of my head, which is kind of bad, but, uh, I'm an Astro fan, so forgive me. I have the full list. It's all good. So, the first game is the Tigers versus the Yankees. Then you got the Twins versus the Red Sox, Pirates versus the Rays, Cardinals versus the Marlins, Nationals versus the Astros, like you said before, Rays versus the Orioles, Phillies versus the Blue Jays, Braves versus the Mets, my Cubs versus the Brewers, mm, White Sox versus the Dodgers, Red, Reds versus the Indians, Angels versus the A's, Brewers versus the Giants, D-backs versus the Rockies, and the Mariners versus the Padres. All right, so, uh, of course... Spring training games are usually to uh, help kind of, uh, you know, get the players back warmed up and also to see the talent of some younger prospects who, uh, you know, might be walk-ons to the team who uh, the team might later sign and send down to the minor leagues. Um, I know this happens a lot. Uh, it's, you know, you, you sometimes don't usually hear about these guys who are signed in spring training, but they're big. Um one kind of notable name I would think of would be Tim Tebow. He, uh, he, you know, he came on the Mets spring training. He was invited. They didn't know if they signed him. They didn't know how he, how good he was. And then now he's playing the minors for the Mets. So, um, you know, spring training is a great place to find new talent to get warmed back up, and that's what these teams are going to be looking to do. Um, but after spring training, of course, comes the regular season, and we know, you know, the big power players this season. We we it's almost already spo- it's almost already spelled out. In the American League, you have the Astros, you have the Yankees, uh, and I mean, there's there's a couple other players, but those are the two huge ones: are the Astros and the Yankees. That's what a lot of people are picking as their you know, a their ALCS finalists. You know, those will be the two teams that face off. In the NL, uh, we had the Dodgers. And, and the Cubs. I'll give you the Cubs. But the, the Dodgers are still just as good as they were last year. Um, but who do you think is flying under the radar that we need to talk about? I think for one team is the Boston Red Sox. You think the Sox? Okay. So I, I do agree with that. The Sox are always so inconsistent um, in recent years. But they're also, you know, they are a very good, uh, very good baseball team. 
um, if you look at you know who they got, what they're doing with the franchise, you know it's a strong it's a strong team. Um, I they they just signed JD Martinez this week, so um, we'll have to see what that does for them. But I could see it, you know, I could see the Sox being a force. Um, a team that made a whole lot of big moves in the offseason that I don't think a lot of people are really taking seriously, but I think they should, are the San Francisco Giants. So the Giants, um, the Giants signed up, uh, who was it? Andrew McCutcheon, right? This, and, uh. So Andrew McCutcheon, and then uh, one more person. Uh, goodness gracious, I'm I'm forgetting who it was. Uh, Evan Longoria, Evan Longoria from the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, those are two. You know, they're a little bit old, a little bit older, but they've still got. You know, the thing about it is they have the experience, and they are still totally, you know, capable of putting in work. Um, some other kind of big names on that team: uh, Mass and Bumgarner. Uh, there's Johnny Cueto. Uh, let me see. There's there's plenty of there's plenty of great players on this Giants team that I just don't think people are really talking about. Buster Posey is always a solid player. As we said, Evan Longor Evan Longoria he's very good. Pablo Sandoval has been good in the past. These guys might be a little bit older than some of the, you know the young stars like say George Springer or you know Alex Bregman. But these guys are good, like like Hunter Pence, right? Hunter Pence. I, I so I, I grew up watching Hunter Pence. He uh, he played in Houston. Great ball player. Uh, who else do you think, besides the Red Sox and the Giants? Who else do you think we should, uh, as as baseball fans, who do, who else do you think we should be really keying in on as this season comes up? Maybe. I think I think always the Milwaukee Brewers might have a chance. They, it seems like they are either on or off. I would say another team, maybe. This is kind of one of my hot takes. Maybe the A's. Actually, you you you, you call that a hot take. Um, the A's are always good. They're they're um, they get very unlucky in the fact that they had to play in the same division. As uh, as Houston, and also in the same division as the Angels. Well, and, and well, I mean, okay, the AL West, honestly, the the AL the AL West is a very good division. The A's and the Astros are usually the ones that battle it out. You know, that's been the case the past couple years. Um, and I could see the A's doing a great job. I don't know if they'll. I don't think they'll finish top of the division. I think they could be a wild card spot. I think that's a completely plausible possibility. Um, they've got a great team. Um, it's a whole lot better than a lot of people think. Um, you got you got guys that kind of you know you talk about under the radar team. These these you know these A's. You don't have any huge names. You know the only there's only a few names that I can really key in on. Uh, Dustin Fowler who. I mean, he didn't make any big headlines. Same with Jed Lowry. I just know Jed Lowry because he was an Astro at one point. But the thing is, even though you don't have big-name guys on this A's team, they're still a very solid team, you know? Definitely. Now, 
Let's continue on this baseball topic. What do you think about all the new rules in place? Like, for example, the amount of limit you uh, catcher and pitchers can visit the mound. The the six the six mound visit limit. I love it. I um I think it's great. <clears throat> Simply because it it just you know I really I really hate you know the whole, whole idea of pace of play right. That's what's turning people off of baseball. I hate the idea that we have to put in rules because people are leaving baseball. But in a world where there are very high-paced, exciting things, and that's what our society wants, we have to make sure that we speed up the pace of play. And I think that limiting mound visits could definitely do that, you know? Now these, now these players are going to have to really know their signs. They're going to have to know their stuff. And when they can't strategize, you know, word for word, when they have to go off of straight signs like this, um, we might actually see. I I predict, and this is a this is a kind of out of left field prediction. I predict we're going to see more more long balls this season. Because these this you know one of the big things about those mound visits is that's the that's the pitcher and catcher strategizing, and that's them talking about how they're going to get this guy. How they're gonna get the batter to strike out or just you know pop it up or get a bad hit? If you can't get those mound visits to help strategize when you only have the sin the signals and the hand signs and everything to strategize, I think we could see pitchers messing up. I think we could see pitchers misplacing pitches, and I think the batters are gonna take advantage. Now, what about this other rule? How the MLB will allow any player to bat in the ninth? What? Well, what do you mean by that? Um, it seems like, according to CBS Sports, uh, the major league is like allowing any like so I, I guess the owners or the coaches to allow any player to bat in the ninth, not like the batting order, if I'm not mistaken. That I think that was that was proposed. I don't actually know um, if that was passed or not. I think that'd be dumb. Uh, frankly, I, I I I frank I frankly I think that's just stupid. Uh, it's there's a batting order for a reason, right? And the batting order is there to make sure that you know pit- pitchers strategize around the batting order. You know, that's something that does like legitimately happen. You know, you, and managers strat- strategize around the batting order as well. So like, uh, if I if I know that a right hander is going to be coming up, and I want to try a matchup. You know, because another right-hander against him, I might start warming up my pitcher in the bullpen, right? Or if I know that a guy stinks at swinging against a curveball from a left a left-handed pitcher, and I have a really good left-handed lefty curveball guy, I'm going to start warming him up a couple batters before. But if you allow anyone in particular, you know, anyone randomly go up in the bottom of the ninth, then I can't strategize around that. So I think it's dumb. Anyway, we're going to take a little break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be talking about March Madness, Mizzou basketball, and all of that stuff. So uh, stick around. Why is the sun so warm? What makes a winter storm? And what's a quadruped? Why is the planet Mars red? You'll find there's lots to know. Exploring as you go. To know the world from A to Z.
A public service message from the National Science Foundation. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If you must use a chainsaw, follow the instructions to be safe. Wear a hard hat, safety glasses, earplugs, thick work gloves, chaps, and boots. Always hold the saw at waist level or below and make sure that others remain far away. Stop! Stop! If you are cut, put direct pressure on the wound to stop bleeding and get medical help as soon as possible. To learn more, call the CDC at 800-CDC-INFO. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. As the cleanup process begins after a natural disaster, there may be areas of flooding. Constantly watch your children to prevent playing in or around water. Get out of there! It doesn't take long and it doesn't take much water for young children to drown. Why? In many cases, children who drowned had been out of sight less than five minutes and were in the care of one or both parents at the time. To learn more, call CDC at 800-CDC-INFO. And welcome back into Studio C in the basement of the AMU Student Center. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing, and you are listening to KNC Sports on KCOU. And Cole, last night was a heartbreaker. That was just, ah, uh, that was just disappointing. The, uh, the Missouri Tigers took a, a hard loss in overtime to Ole Miss, a team that uh, many consider to be vastly inferior to these Tigers. You can chalk up the loss to, you know, missed free throws, missed shots, poor turnover, poor play. But, Cole, in the end, what's the big main reason? What, 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 what makes me so mad and disappointed at this? Well, so what lost us the game, I hate to say it because it seems like I'm a broken record at this point, but the man Jordan Geist lost us the Ole Miss game last night. And I personally was at the game, and I'm going to tell you why. So first of all, we go into overtime, and we're down. It's like, all right, we build it up. And then about 30 seconds to go in overtime, we are – down by one, we play phenomenal defense. We get a steal. We are on a fast break. Surprisingly, Geist is not running up as fast as you would think on a fast break in a late game situation. So that's one thing. Then he goes in for the layup when the entire Ole Miss team is surrounding the paint, and he had guys like Cassius open for three, Barnett open for three. I think even Perrier was on the court, so he was open for a jumper. Like there's so many better options he could have done. Instead, he took it himself and just shot this horrible layup, like the worst I've ever seen. Like, that was the worst possible. You outright just gave the game to him. And then the layup obviously missed. They went to the free throw line. They knocked down a free throw. So that's a two-point game. I mean, no, three-point game with seven seconds to go. And Geist takes the ball up. He shoots the three. And Cassius was open for the three. And Cassius, I keep saying Cassius, is because... He's the bat-to-bat SEC player of the week and undoubtedly one of the best players on this entire team. He was open for the three, but guys decided to take himself and air balls, and that was the game. You know, usually I try not to, you know, harp on one player too much because, you know, that's that's kind of a little bit unfair to, uh, to you know, just single out one guy as a scapegoat. But I'm looking at the stats here, and honestly, like, I hate I hate calling guys out. But you might have a point here, Cole. 
<laughs> for once. Geist, Geist was four for ten in, in his field goals. Uh, that's that's the worst percent. I believe that might be the worst percentage of anyone on the anyone on the team last. Actually, no. Cassius was five for seventeen. That's the worst. But Geist was not far behind. Uh, he was one for four from three pointers. His only really redeeming thing was that he was six for seven from the free throw line. Um, he uh, he he had four fouls. Most of anyone on the team. Uh, most of anyone on the court. Honestly, um, and then only had four assists and turned the ball over six times, the most of anyone on the court, uh, and only had one steal. So I hate singling guys out, but you have a you have, you make a you make a valid argument when when saying that Geist kind of lost the Tigers that game. Uh, Geist's decision making has been very poor. The entire season, honestly. I, this is not the first time that he's made the wrong pass. Uh, I can think of multiple situations. The, the Florida game comes to mind. Um, but the problem facing Mizzou is that he's like the only guy who can play his position right now. Because of the issues with... Because of you know Terrence Phillips getting kicked off the team. We're not going to dive into that, but... Uh, We'll just say he's gone now. Um, Blake Harris transferring, Michael Porter being injured. Geist is the only option that the Tigers have currently. And it really does stink that that is the case. Because sometimes he can just be really, really frustrating. We're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a little more of the frustrating case of Mizzou basketball. Stick around. What makes a rainbow bend? Where does the universe end? To know the world from A to Z. Discover science and technology. Where is the dinosaur? What's on the ocean floor? To know the world from A to Z. Service message from the National Science Foundation. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. After a storm, dirty water can make you and your family sick. Remember to wash your hands with soap and clean water. Wash your hands often, especially before preparing food, before eating, after using the toilet, and after cleaning. Washing your hands is the best way to prevent sickness. To learn more, Call the CDC at 1-800-CDC-INFO. And welcome back into Studio C in the basement of the AMU Student Center. You are listening to KCOU on the radio at 88.1 FM, online at kcou.fm. You're listening to KNC Sports. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing and Cole. As we were saying before the break, Tigers have just been really, really just kind of infuriating lately the uh loss to uh the loss to Ole Miss is just not what not what they needed especially following what happened to LSU I mean this it's just been really it's been really maddening 
I think is a good word for it, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And this is just, I don't think anyone expected the Tigers to go into a Missouri in which they have been dominant all year and lose to a team like Ole Miss, especially really close to NCAA tournament. Yeah, and you're right. And, you know, I talked about how last week I talked about how this Tiger team kind of needs to build momentum the right way going into this tournament. Um, the loss to LSU, I knew would happen, because this this streak need to come. This streak was going to come to an end at some point. I thought that it was going to be a loss to LSU, a win against Ole Miss, and then another loss against Kentucky on the road, and then they'd win out. I was wrong. I think now uh, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be three straight losses. I think it's going to be a, a loss to Kentucky on the weekend. But then I think they'll win out. So in the end, it'll be okay. But uh, this is not the kind of end of the season run that the Tigers need or want. Obviously, um, losing to teams like Ole Miss at this point in the season, with what you have, what's going on in the team, and where you want and think you should be, is not acceptable. Because Ole Miss is a team who has no coach. They have no chance of making the tournament. They are five and ten in conference play, twelve and sixteen. They like they don't even have a winning record. You should be destroying them. And the Tigers didn't. Plain simple, I could not have said it better. It was it honestly looked like in the second half where we were down by double digits, it looked like this team played with no energy and looked like they didn't even want to play with the game where they just gave up. But then came back, then everything fell apart again. It's it's you know it's it's kind of a common theme with these Tigers. You know they'll 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 surrender huge leads in the first half, just really embarrass themselves in a way, but then they'll come back second half. And they'll wind up like coming back, mounting this huge comeback, and everyone in the arena is like, "Oh my gosh, you know, we're gonna do it! Holy crud, this is great!" And then they throw it away in the last five minutes. It happens so often that it's just infuriating. Um, there's three more games before the SEC tournament. Um, Kentucky on the road, Vandy on the road, and then uh, the last you know regular season game, the last the last game of the season at Mizzou Arena, uh, will come against Arkansas in a battle line rivalry. So, um, Cole, what do you predict is going to happen to these Tigers over the course of the rest of the season? Well, considering when MPJ is going to come back, which that's a completely different story, which we may or may not get to in this. I think I think we have time. I think we can talk about that, but let's just let's talk right. about the, the rest of the season. So assuming MPJ does not come back until the SEC tournament, I agree with you on the L2 Kentucky. I want to say a win versus Vandy, and my parents, our whole family is coming for the Arkansas game, so I want to see... The Tigers win a W against Arkansas in the battle line rivalry. I I, I agree with that. As I as I said before, um, what I think is going to happen, though, is I know that uh, I know in an inter- I know Michael Porter Jr. went down to Dallas today. He's getting checked by his doctor in Dallas tomorrow, 
and so we'll probably hear whatever news, whatever outlook about his uh, his health um, prospects. We'll hear about that either tomorrow or on Friday. Um, whatever that prognosis is determines, in my opinion, when and if he comes back. If the doctor says, all right, Mike, you're all good, I think that he would come back for Arkansas. I think he would, I, he, he, I, I'm sure he would want to play, you know, one, one full game in Mizzou Arena before the tournament. Uh, and, you know, one would, one would have to think that, uh, if the Tigers go deep in the SEC tournament and if the Tigers do go, uh, go, you know, couple rounds into the NCAA tournament, that would probably justify him going to the draft at the end of this year. Um, but I think he he would want to play one game in Mizzou Arena, so Arkansas would be that game. If the prognosis is not so good, if they say, hey, you might want to sit out, you know, maybe two, three more weeks, he won't come back till the till the SEC tournament. Which, that's when the Tigers need him. Um, and he'll be there for, you know, in that clutch situation. The problem is uh, getting him back into practices, getting him back working with the team. And while he'll probably be able to slot back into the team, it's a hard ask for him to be the guy just right off the bat. That is true, and that is something that people have talked about since November when we sadly lost him in the Iowa State game because – Going into the season, it was like Michael Porter Jr.'s team and Mizzou's gonna have to build around his system, which he shoots a lot of shots. It felt now. It felt so. So but you, you, I, I'll let you continue after I say this. It felt like OU. It felt like MPJ was going to be our Trey Young. And now this team is built on chemistry and has worked together all year. And then it's kind of like instead of. Mizzou built into the MPJ system, which everyone assumed. Now it's like SEC tournament, which maybe when he comes back, he'll have to fit into what Mizzou has going all year. And frankly, that's a good thing. I think it's better for the future of this basketball team, for the future of this program, that we that um, that Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to fit into this squad. It's not the other way around. Because look at Trey Young. Look at OU and Trey Young, where Trey Young is the guy in Oklahoma. You know, he's he's the guy that ESPN just drools over. They've they, you know, there's story after story on you know their college basketball gro- programs is about Trey Young. But when he's having an off night, and he's had quite a few off nights this season, they lose like bad. You know, they lose to UT, who. I mean, UT's a decent basketball program. Saw them off. <laughs> I mean, UT and this whole Oklahoma squad, UT exposed the formula of how to beat this Oklahoma team. You stop Trey Young and you hold him to, like, shooting, like, 10 of 21 or something like that from the field, you easily beat this Oklahoma team because you look at the bot score, he puts up, like, 20, 30 points a game. The entire starting lineup puts up, like, zero to like seven points so it's clearly Trey Young's team and this whole Oklahoma team it's 
kind of overrated, if I'm not going to lie. Oh, it's super overrated. And, you know, going back to Mizzou and, and kind of this, this analogy that we're starting to make, this kind of comparison between OU and Mizzou, it seems like Mizzou, I mean, they're not rated at all. No one's talking about Mizzou, and it's not like they're underrated because they're not really, like, you know, tearing it up. Yeah, they, they beat a couple of, you know, top 25 teams in a row, but then went on to lose to LSU and Ole Miss. Like, okay, so, you know, what's the dealio there? But it seems like people associate Mizzou basketball with only the bad stuff. No, Very rarely people talked about us. I mean, the Tigers beating Mississippi State, Kentucky, Tennessee. Right. That that didn't, like, there was that one little spot right after uh, right after Mizzou beat um, Kentucky and then went on to beat A&M the week after where the Tigers started getting, uh, like, SEC, like, NCAA team of the week. But it's not like they got ranked. I mean, it was just a little Twitter picture said, you know, good job, you beat you beat a few teams. But no ranking, no, you know, true big boost in, you know, uh, bracketology stuff. It was all very, you know, Yahoo, you, you beat a few guys, but um, y'all, y'all don't, you know, y- your guard play is trash. You can't play, peri- you can't play perimeter defense, and uh, you can't close out big games, which is true. None of none of that actually happens. Uh, big, you know, the small the small stuff. You know, you can't you can't close out a game against Florida. You can't close out a game against LSU. You can't close out a game against Ole Miss. That's what keeps you out of the tournament. That's what keeps you out of you know winning games. That's why that's why the Tigers aren't ranked right now because they can't close out games. OU has Trey Young, so they have a talking point. You know. That's why OU is ranked. That's why OU is high in bracketology. That's why ESPN drools all over the Sooners. It's because Trey Young is a talking point. I have to agree with that statement a little bit. First of all, ESPN argues over Trey Young and arguably anyone at Oklahoma. As soon as Oklahoma has a one big star that is going to go to the NBA draft and gets a lot of headlines, ESPN drools over just like how they did against Baker Mayfield last year. Well, I mean, Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. I'll give him I'll give him that. that he's a very good quarterback. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily OU that get, you know, the, as a as a program because there's there's plenty of other programs that uh aside from about one or two people aren't very good, you know? And then you you talk about uh you talk about Kentucky this season where uh Cal has no one to work with and it's sh- it's showing that he isn't this you know this godlike immaculate coach that we've come to know like a uh, at Duke you have yeah, at Duke you have Coach Krzyzewski, right and Coach K is a great coach he can turn a, a recruiting class of you know almost nobodies into a championship caliber team and then go back the next year, get a recruiting class that includes the top three recruits in the nation and win another one. But if you look at Coach Cal, he doesn't have a good class this year. He and he's not, you know, he's not up to that standard that, you know, caliber we're used to seeing Kentucky at. They're not going undefeated. They're not even winning in the SEC. I think they're in first place, but like they're they're not being they're not being Mizzou, and yet Kentucky still has a higher seed than Mizzou. 
I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Kentucky has a better record. You know, they might not be the top. They might have gone on a little slip from recent years, but they're still better than Mizzou. That, that's the that's kind of the whole sort of not meta, but like kind of big picture of this whole college basketball thing, right? Mizzou has improved so much from last season, right? This is this is a completely this is like a facelifted team. It was like let's take the old Mizzou and move it over there and bring something completely different and better in. Conzo did that. And it's awesome to see it as a fan, as a student, and even just as, you know, even if you try to be a neutral spectator, you can't deny that Conzo Martin has turned this program around and has made it, at the very least, respectable again. So that's cool. But they're still miles away from Oklahoma. No, sorry. They're miles away from uh, Kentucky. And Kentucky's having a bad year. You know? That's that's the craziest part about this whole thing. <laughs> that's true, yeah. But I would say in other news, right now, Bracketology currently has us as a 7C in the East going up against Providence. And if Mizzou gets out of that, they will go on to play against... Winthrop upsetting Duke. Haha. <laughs> you you really think you really think okay, so Duke as much as you know, watching Duke get upset on national television would give me joy. Um, they're not going to. Why? Because it's Duke. And yeah, maybe they're they're not making the big headlines this year. Maybe, you know, Grayson Allen is just a little, you know, He's just a little, you know, scumbag occasionally. But he's a good basketball player. Duke 2013 versus Mercer. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, let's just, you know, kick each other because that's how we play basketball. It's it's actually what you didn't know is you were watching uh, you were watching uh, a very covert game of, uh, of European soccer where uh, they, they run around and kick each other. It's it's a new one called Kickskitball. Um, but, no. Um, Duke is a great basketball team, and as much as we like to, you know, rag on Duke because of players like Grayson Allen, you can't deny that they're a great basketball team. And yeah, they've had kind of, you know, they've had little screw ups in the past, but uh, in the end, they're still gonna win. The, they're gonna win the cupcake games. You know. In other news, let's continue this Mizzou basketball thing, but go on to the women's game because there's a huge game tomorrow night. Well, huge is an understatement. <laughs> huge. I mean, huge is, huge is kind of mis- misleading. It's senior night. That's that's kind of the big story. It's senior night. Um, Though, based kind of on where... um, Based, based kind of on where the seating is taking the Mizzou women, it's looking like uh, they will be able to host a uh, an NCAA tournament game. Um, the the women's NCAA tournament is, you know, kind of structured differently from the men's in that um, some, you know, those those top-seeded teams do wind up um, hosting games. So uh, we could see an NCAA tournament game here in uh, in Columbia, which would be super cool. I'd love to go to it. But um it's senior night Tomorrow night against Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's Commodores, who uh, 
to say they've had a poor season would be an understatement. It would it would be it would, it would be a um a disservice to uh teams who have had a halfway decent season. Because uh Vandy has just absolutely tanked. They they and that's, you know, when 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 things start going bad for you in the SEC, they start going really bad, right? I you know if, if you if you watch you know how it, it comes up in almost all sports, right? Look at football. When teams when te- things start going downhill for teams like say Arkansas or Tennessee this season, right? When things start going downhill for them, it was like. It was like a slope, you know? It was like a snowball effect. You know, you, you lose, you start losing, and then you lose another, and then another, and it just keeps getting worse. And then suddenly, you've only won like three games in one season. So is Mizzou the exception in football this season? I mean, last year? Uh, Starting off 1-5, and five, then going to a Texas Bowl? I think that Mizzou would be the exception. But I think that that's a, that's a product of playing really, really bad non-conference opponents in the middle of the season. I think if Mizzou doesn't play uh, UConn or uh, who was who was homecoming game? Idaho. Idaho. Yeah, if, you, if Mizzou doesn't play Idaho or UConn in the middle of the season like they did, the Tigers don't go to a bowl game. Even though playing very tough conference opponents like Florida, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas, even with that, even with that, I think I think if the if the Tigers hadn't if the if Tiger football hadn't played Idaho and UConn in the middle of the season and gotten their confidence back, they never would have regained it, and it would have just been a downhill spiral, and it would have been just ugly, just absolute, just ugly. But look at how they played against Georgia in Athens, though. I'll give you that. And, you know, that's cool, but at the same time, they lost, right? They lost. And at the end of the day, when you don't win, you're losing games and you're losing confidence. And if you don't have confidence, if you don't have momentum, you can't win. If you don't think you can win, you will not win. You know? And so to be able to be able to come home and just beat the living crud out of Idaho in front of a sold out crowd on homecoming was the exact prescription that the Mizzou football doctor ordered. But uh, you know, transitioning back to women's basketball, you look at Vandy, and you know they're not. They, you, you don't usually think of a uh, of an SEC team being bad but then uh their their first game they lost middle tennessee which all right you know you start off poorly but you can always turn that around then they lost again and again and again until finally they get a win against george washington and then they lose again and again i'm noticing a trend here but then they get two wins they get two wins in a row one against st louis and then one against iowa state all right and then you're thinking all right finally you know they're gonna be good and then they go on a four-game losing streak, you know? But then another win. And then a four-game losing streak. And then a win. And then losing. And currently, they're on a five-game losing streak. 
um, dating all the way back to um, when they played Tennessee. Let me find the date of that game. Uh, darn it, it's not coming up. Anyway, it's it's all the it's all the way back to a game against Tennessee, which is uh, you know five games ago. So that's at least you know two or three weeks. You know, um, their their last two games they have a game. You know, of course, uh, tomorrow night's game against Mizzou. And then the, the Commodores close out the year at home against Arkansas. Now, Arkansas is 12-15 and 3-11 and and in the conference. So, um, they're not that good either. They haven't had the best of years either. They started out strong with two wins, but they've, you know, they just keep losing. So, in the end, I think Mizzou is going to just absolutely crush the Commodores. It'll be fun. I know uh, you are reporting on it. Uh, if you tune in tomorrow, I believe the game is at 7. Um, I, I might be wrong on that, but I believe the game is at 7. Um, you'll hear uh, Chris uh, Olszewski, I think is his last I can't pronounce his last name. I feel so bad about that. It starts with an O. Um, and I uh, will be on the call for it. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, Tigers, Van- Vanderbilt, Commodores, uh, tomorrow night on uh, on KCOU Sports. Uh, currently in women's basketball, Belmont is beating the tar out of uh, Jacksonville State. But, you know, who cares? Um, so that'll just about do it uh, today for KNC Sports. Um... I've been Kyle Jones. I've been joined by Cole Tusing. Cole, any uh, any last words before we uh, before we call it a day? Uh, no, I thought this was a very successful show, and everyone enjoy the weekend. All right. So uh, once again, Tiger basketball tomorrow. The Olympics are still going on, so enjoy some Olympic action. Uh, the the gold medal match for hockey is tonight. That's big. Women's hockey gold medal matches tonight. The United States playing Canada. That is what I will leave you all with. Um, I've been Kyle Jones. He's been Cole Tusing, And you have been listening to KNC Sports. Have a great evening and have a great rest of your week. And we'll be back the same time next Wednesday. See you then.